I was actually thinking about talking about how to convince the world to go vegan. That's the title of this speech. And it's kind of a weird one because you can't really convince someone to go vegan or to eat more plant-based. And that's what I want to talk about today. A little bit of you know, some tactics that I have experimented with, some tactics that you guys can use uh, you know, to inspire other people to try to eat more plant-based or to even go fully vegan and just you know, move the planet in the direction that we want to see it going. So uh, just as a quick history uh, lesson of what I've been doing, uh, I started off as a meat eater and uh, you know, I ate so much meat throughout my life and you know, people who have lived a whole lifetime have probably not eaten as much meat as me in those first you know, 20 years of my life. So um, I'm definitely a person who uh, you know, has had my fair share of animal products and as well uh, you know, with training and bodybuilding while eating meat I did uh, you know, experience some benefits of you know muscle growth and everything, and I did reach some uh, you know level of fitness that I thought was pretty impressive. Now, when I decided to turn vegan uh, overnight after watching a movie called Earthlings, I was really afraid that you know I was gonna lose all my muscle mass and that you know I was gonna get really weak. But I was prepared to do it because I wanted to give this a shot and you know stop supporting these industries that I was seeing was causing so much harm on the environment and most of all the animals uh, that you know live on this planet. So um, when I did I actually I was so worried that I over consumed on vegan pizza huts every single day, multiple pizzas a day, just to make sure that I was getting enough calories so I didn't disappear. And obviously what happened is that I gained a lot of weight, but unfortunately it was almost only fat, right? Because, you know, as we know, pizza isn't the most helpful uh, food that we can eat. Uh, but I did quickly learn that as long as you're eating enough calories, you are going to get weight, no matter where the calories are coming from. And at the same time, I was pushing myself just as hard at the gym, and for the first time in a long time, uh, after going vegan, my strength just went through the roof, uh, firstly because I was eating so many calories, but also because I wasn't eating these animal products that were slowing my digestion to the point of me not being able to go and take a shit you know, more than once a week sometimes. It was really bad. Um, so that was one of the biggest things that I uh, noticed. Uh, clear digestion so my energy levels were sustainable throughout the day and I was increasing my you know shoulder presses military press squats deadlifts and bench press to the point that I've never seen before so that was really motivating to me and that kind of like <clears throat> made me come to the conclusion that a plant-based diet vegan diet was super you know optimal and you know it, it didn't make a difference uh, compared to before I actually progressed even faster uh, you know, at least in strength. Obviously, after three years of lifting, uh, your progress slows down, which is natural. You can't just gain as much uh, muscle mass as you do in the first years of lifting. It's not possible. Uh, but considering that I've already lifted for three years prior to going vegan, uh, the progress that I made it was super impressive, and a lot of people did not believe that. And that is why I decided to start the YouTube channel documenting everything that I was doing and showing the world that it is possible to eat only plants and build uh, a good amount of muscle mass and uh, build strength. So throughout my experience, 
I started off as a very passionate uh, vegan uh, in terms of uh, you know focusing a lot on uh, the ethical aspect of things. And I remember in the very beginning when talking about that to my uh, existing audience prior to going vegan, that a lot of people were uncomfortable with that and unsubscribed from my channels and didn't want to have anything to do with it because I was maybe going a little bit too hard on uh, you know the the reality of what goes beyond uh, you know behind slaughterhouses and uh, you know the animal industry in general. So um, over the years, what I've learned is that. It required me to experiment with different tactics to portray this message and inspire the most amount of people possible to try this lifestyle and go vegan or at least reduce their animal uh, protein intake. And I've learned a lot. So, um, you know, more and more, even though it's never been the top priority for me to go vegan, I learned that health and well being and fitness are for me personally because you know I look the way that I look in terms of uh, you know a certain fitness level it's easier for me to get people to listen to the message and be open to eating a plant-based diet if I focus on the health and fitness message so um, you know less and less uh, talking about you know slaughter and the ethical issues behind the animal industry and more and more talk about all the amazing health benefits that you can experience by including more whole plant foods into your diet and that's been working really well well for me <clears throat> and um, that's that's not to say that you guys as uh, activists or people who are trying to spread this message have to do exactly what I'm doing we all have a unique voice that we have to use and we all have a uh, you know a you know a special way of portraying the message that feels true to yourself. So I think that uh, you know we are all here. We all are activists, at least in our minds. Maybe not in practice yet, but I think uh, what I wanted to say today mostly is that we all in this room should do an effort to try to spread the word of health and fitness and veganism, uh, plant-based diets, all that kind of stuff, because just think about it. Um, just raise your hands if you guys have social media, just real quick, raise your hands. <laughs> exactly, it's crazy. Everyone has social media. We're all uh, living in this little box and you know scrolling all day. And no matter how much you try to talk to everyone uh, in person throughout the day, you're never gonna be able to reach as many people as you can on social media. It's crazy. It's so efficient. Uh, it's a great way to spread the message. And I think that every one of us sitting here, if you truly believe in the message that you, uh, you know, need to at least reduce your animal consumption or completely eliminate it, whatever uh, you believe in, you should uh, make an effort to spread this message because the impact is massive. And it doesn't matter how many followers you have, it doesn't matter if it's just your mom following you, you can still inspire her. So just just think about this, like, um, you know, let's say we're like 300 people sitting here and, you know, all of you have, you know, 10 followers or something. That's 3,000 people that, you know, this room can just reach in one day by posting, you know, a, whatever, like a meme or, you know, a footage of what goes on behind uh, animal farming or just some health benefits to going plant-based. It's massive, it's really important. And I think that we all should try at least to do a little bit more uh, and not just think that we as a single human being can't make a difference in spreading the word because we definitely can. 
And you've seen so much growth in the movement in the past uh, four years. I mean, when I started going vegan, I did not know uh, much about you know veganism at all. And to be honest, when going to events, it was way smaller than it is today. So the growth of the movement and the interest for a plant-based diet and lifestyle has grown exponentially. And a lot of it, maybe even most of it, is due to social media and the internet. And you know. But still, there is a huge room for improvement. Every single one of us can be more efficient at spreading the word and trying to make this world a little bit better. Um, so I encourage you guys just to do it. Just don't care how many followers you have. It's not about that. It's just about posting something out there, sharing your perspective. If you have a Facebook, a personal Facebook, you still have a lot of friends there. You don't have to be pushy or uh, you know, really you know, try to be aggressive with it. Do whatever feels natural and true to yourself. And uh, yeah, it's going to help a lot. So I think what I've learned throughout the years mostly is that what's been the most helpful is uh, trying to come from a you know a mindset of not restriction but uh, addition. So when talking about a vegan lifestyle and a vegan diet and plant-based diet, it's important for me to focus on okay instead of saying you can't have this or you can't have that because. Uh, this causes this and this causes that. Instead, I personally have seen a lot more interest when I come from a positive perspective and say, hey, okay, like instead of having that, you can have so much, uh, so much more. You know, there are so many meat alternatives, mock meats and delicious uh, burgers and, uh, you know, cheeses and everything that you can have instead. And, uh, you know, just focus on what people can enrich their lives with instead of saying that people have to drop certain things, I think is a really helpful thing. And instead of telling that people are wrong for doing things and attacking them, I've always found that it's much more helpful to you know, inform them about how uh, you know, changing their lifestyle can be so much more beneficial to the planet, to the animals, and to the health of you know, everyone in the world, instead of just uh, trying to pinpoints individual people's behaviors and criticizing them for that. That's been really helpful for me. Now some people need a you know a reality check and a slap in the face and that's fine. So that comes natural to you. You can do that. There is no right or wrong way to do this. And it's just about finding what feels good for you. And you know like positivity and uh, compassion and empathy always uh, wins at the end I believe. So it's always important to keep that at the back of your head because you know we can be activists in our everyday lives much more than we are, or at least, you know, I, I feel like I could do a better job in person, for example. Now, my excuse is that I have, you know, hundreds of thousands of followers, so I don't need to do anything in person, but it's not true. Like, we can always do more, and, uh, you, know, you know, if someone is, you know, look at the supermarket, uh, and they're in a dairy section, you know, we can, you know, talk to them and, and you know, ask them if they've heard about the, uh, you know, that the Canadian government uh, guidelines have dropped dairy completely from, uh, from the whole thing uh, because they actually got researchers to do the science without any government or industry funding, um, for example. And, uh, you know, what's going to get a better reaction, do you think? Like, you know, is that going to that's going to be much more positive than just going up to a, a guy in the supermarket that is picking up a skimmed milk and just saying, hey, do you know that you're a rapist? <laughs> that's, that's not going to help anyone, right? So it's just about you know trying to 
uh, be understanding, try to like remember where you came from uh, when you eat, ate meat, because most of us were not born vegan. Um, and yeah, it's just keeping that at the back of uh, my mind has helped me a lot in conveying the message uh, uh, well. So yeah, I think um, that's pretty much the main thing that I wanted to talk about in terms of uh, you know how to convince the world to go vegan in social media. Uh, but yeah, I just wanted to open up this uh, room for a Q and A uh, very shortly, so that you guys can ask me a question uh, about anything, whether it's health, fitness, uh, personal stuff. It doesn't matter. I always like doing these speeches um, where you know we have more of an interaction with the audience because. That way, I'm not just here talking about something that you know it maybe a lot of people find boring or uninteresting. Instead, you guys can really uh, think about what you guys want to uh, ask me, and then we can have a conversation. I think that's always been really interesting. Uh, so we can do that, um, you know, wh whenever we're ready for that. Yeah, yeah. So last thing is that I wanted to just real, really go through it real quick uh, before we open the uh, floor for a Q and A is some main tips that I learned uh, throughout my journey in terms of health and fitness. Just real quick so that we don't get the protein questions. <laughs> so, number one, protein is overrated. Um, a lot of people in the fitness community eat 300 grams of protein per day, and 90% 90, 90 of that is animal product. So, you can imagine the uh, health implications that can have and for me, as I said before, I really struggled with my digestion when I ate that much animal protein. And I've experimented so much with this and I looked at studies and it's really not something that is black and white. There is no study saying exactly how much protein you need per uh, pound of lean muscle mass or per kilo of body weight or anything like that. Um, there are some suggestions, and, um, but it's not clear cut and it probably depends and varies greatly from person to person. Uh, depending on many factors, but the, the thing is, like you know, if you're really serious about building muscle or whatever, like okay, you gotta calculate, you gotta figure out how many grams you're getting in per day, and if you're getting, you know, about 20% of your calories coming from protein or more, you should be fine, uh, no matter what, at what level you're at. But for the average person who wants to maintain optimal health, you don't have to worry about protein at all, unless you're a fruitarian. Um, you know, you should be fine. So just eat a balanced plant-based diet with you know grains, legumes, nuts and seeds, uh, and you know fruits and vegetables, and that's going to be more than enough for you. Uh, so protein is not an issue. If you're going to be a professional bodybuilder, then you know it's going to be important to increase your protein intake. And I have experimented with very low protein intakes, and it was not as beneficial as with higher protein intakes. So it is important, but not to the point where uh, you know the mainstream believes it, that it's you know that you have to have like two, two grams per pound of body weight. It's not necessary at all. And um, the second thing that I learned real quick is, you know, whole plant foods is sometimes boring, yes. It's kind of a pain in the butt to eat them consistently and every day, unless you know how to prepare it properly. But it's so important. Uh, it's amazing how much of a difference it makes if you're just eating foods in its original state rather than processed foods that go through loads of refining processes and uh, you know you can kind of tell what is a real food and what is a you know processed food right so it's pretty obvious to most of us I hope that uh, eating real food is going to be more beneficial for our health 
that's not to say that you can never have uh, you know vegan Ben and Jerry's or anything like that, but um, you should definitely uh, focus on eating on a consistent basis and create the habit of including as much whole plant foods as possible into your diet because. That is going to sustain you for a long time, and we don't want to run into issues down the line uh, with vitamin deficiencies because we're just eating processed foods, uh, and uh, you know we might you know even decide that the vegan diet was to blame for this because we're eating so poorly. So uh, it is important to realize that you have to eat properly because you know we have to have all the micronutrients uh, that our body body needs, and you know just eating cereal and you know eating at the vegan junk food bar in Amsterdam is not gonna you know meet all your nutrient requirements so it's really important uh, just focus on mostly legumes grains and a lot of leafy greens and vegetables some fruits and uh, a lot of berries as well is good uh, and then you know whatever works for you do it it's not about uh, following a specific diet that Dr. Gregor or or uh, McDougal or Campbell or some plant-based doctor recommends. It's not about that. It's about figuring out how your body responds to different ratios of fats and carbs and protein and different foods, and then you just eat whatever feels good to you. Um, so it's not about a specific macronutrient ratio that you know all plant-based eaters uh, have to follow. That's not true at all. There are loads of people who eat a very high-fat diet and they feel amazing. And I think this is one of the, the biggest misconceptions about a vegan diet is that you have to go low fat and it's not true at all. So many people uh, you know, run into issues when they restrict their fats so much as to uh, they're eating only like under 10% of the calories coming from fats. Now there is a place for that for sure. And uh, you know, there are loads of studies showing the benefits of a very low fat diet. Uh, but for fitness and health and long, like just a general well-being, there is no point of limiting uh, dietary fats and uh, any macronutrient at all. Um, of course, uh, you should be considering your calories, your total intake for the day, and that's the most important thing. If you're eating more calories than your body needs, you're gonna get, you know, gain weight. Uh, if you're eating under what you need, you're gonna lose weight. It's as simple as that. Um, and that's the most important thing for you guys to keep in mind. Okay guys, uh, thank you for bearing with me. Uh, I have a little bit of a cold, so sorry if the energy isn't quite there today, but uh, I would like to open the door, or the door? <laughs> I would like to open the floor for a Q&A right now so that we can get this uh, going. So whoever has a question, just raise your hands and we can get this conversation going. Don't be shy, it's okay. Microphone's not on. <laughs> Yeah, sorry, the microphone's still not on, but I heard it. The question was if there was going to be another meetup with uh, Simnet Nutrition or Derek Simnet and Nimai Delgado. So these uh, two other guys are um, probably one of the more well known uh, vegan, fitness, healthy lifestyle uh, influencers online. And we've become really good friends over the years. Uh, and yeah, like we meet up all the time, uh, you know, several times a year. And uh, yeah, like we mostly get together for main events like, uh, uh, you know, London events, like, you know, some bigger cities and that kind of stuff. But we, I, I was actually talking to uh, Derek yesterday and encouraging him to come to uh, the Netherlands because it's amazing. Like, I know he's going to love it. So I'm convincing him to come next year. So hopefully you guys will be able to see him there as well.
Last year you were here as well, and then you told us that you were gonna have, or your wife was gonna have a baby. Yes. Gonna raise a vegan. How how did that go? How how is she doing here, daughter? Awesome question. <clears throat> so. Yeah, my, uh, my baby is uh, called Noah, so he is eight months old now. I think almost nine months, is, time flies, wow. Um, and yeah, we are raising him 100% vegan. <clears throat> and um, I actually made a video about this on my second channel, and yeah, like it got picked up by the ketogenic crew and, um, and uh, you know, carnivores, and yeah, there was a huge drama going on. Um, you know, loads of in insults and that kind of stuff because people actually believe that if you're not eating uh, animal products and loads of them, that you're, uh, as a mom or you know, as a pregnant female, you're not going to be able to provide for the fetus. Uh, and you know, when you give birth, that you're not going to produce a high quality uh, nutrient dense breast milk and etc. And the baby is going to you know be deficient. So. Yeah, like it's gone really well. Like there is absolutely no need for animal products, uh, you know, in our diets as long as you're planning everything right. Because you know there are loads of people who eat animal products that are deficient, and there's uh, if you don't plan your plant-based diet correctly, you're going to be deficient as well. So it's just about having an awareness of what foods to eat and include, and that's it, it, there is no difference. You know, like every stage of life is the same. Like as long as you're getting all the nutrients you need, there is nothing to worry about. Um, so yeah, like it's been really good. We have like he's not supplementing or anything like that. There is no need for that until he's uh, you know one and a half or something. Then you know he needs to start taking B12, uh, vitamin B12, and that's pretty much it. Um, no, no issues at all. Vaccines. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a big question. Um, yeah, a lot of people like you know really enjoy avoiding this because it's a very really touchy topic. Uh, but you know he is uh, yeah like in Norway there is a certain vaccination program. In Spain there's a different vaccination program, and in the states there's a different one. So uh, we still haven't decided which program to go with. And so, like, since we're just in a village in Norway where there is no, you know, disease or anything like that, we're just waiting to figure out which uh, route to go. So, yeah, we haven't decided uh, exactly the, the protocol to go with. Yes, I mean, well, yeah, research on vaccines is it's a rabbit hole you probably don't want to go down. It's a, it's a mess, but uh, yeah. Yeah, like everyone has to do what they believe is right. And, um, you know, I think the science is pretty clear that, you know, vaccines don't necessarily cause autism or, you know, these no, big things. No, big study, six of the 50,000 people are investigated. There's no link between autism and No, no. That, that's what I said. <laughs> exactly. So, uh, you know, but, you know, maybe if you're living in. A mountain somewhere isolated from everyone like okay you don't need it but if you're gonna go traveling around the world and uh, you live in a densely populated area like it's probably uh, the best idea to do it yeah yeah I find it very comfortable to use uh, uh, vegan burgers and sausages etc <laughs> yeah. because they are stuffed with nutrients but how does this relate to your uh, statement of processed food yeah so um, nutrients and uh, you know like 
these mock meats don't have, uh, they're not very nutrient dense. They might have some B12 added to them or something. They're nutritious in terms of they have, you know, a lot of protein, uh, maybe some carbs and that kind of stuff, but there's not like a, a lot of uh, phytonutrients in mock meats, uh, as, at least not the ones that I've seen. Uh, it's mostly just, you know, isolated, um, you know, soy or pea protein or something like that, and maybe some oils. And yeah, you're gonna get protein, you're gonna get you know, a little bit of carbs, a little bit of fats, but it's the micronutrient density that we have to look at for our health in general. It's nothing bad that you have to avoid mock meats. Like I personally eat mock meats a couple times a week because you know, I really like the taste of it. And it does have protein, so for me, like, you know, it's a good excuse, um, but it's not you know, something that I would consider to be a health uh, food at all. When uh, making like a meal plan, you really have to look at all like the, the uh, tiny nutrients, or do you really have to look at carbs, protein, and fat intake, or do you really have to look? Um, uh, are you getting enough calcium? Are you getting enough, um, all the nutrients? Yep. Great question. So yes, just like I said before, it's much more important to look at micronutrients than macronutrients. So macros are important, carbs, protein, fats are important, but you still have to look more for you know, things like calcium, iron, zinc. These things are gonna be more beneficial to look at because you, you're gonna get carbs, proteins, and fats no matter what you eat uh, almost. So it's, it, that's not a big issue. The, the main issue is getting enough calories by eating enough food. And then if you are you know, not educated on exactly what foods include which nutrients, I would recommend going to a website called pronometer.com, which tracks all the you know different nutrients for you, and you know you you just you know write down your uh, whatever your meal is, the ingredients, and then it'll give you a full breakdown of exactly how much you have uh, and how much you need per day to maintain optimal health according to uh, the authorities. Um, what about like do you take any supplements besides your diet? Do I take any supplements? Yeah, great question. I do take vitamin B12 when I remember to, uh, which is not very often, <laughs> unfortunately. Um, and I do take, uh, for muscle building, I take a protein powder um, when I'm actually like, you know, trying to uh, be really serious about my training. I take a protein powder, so like a scoop a day or something. Um, so it's not like I'm relying on protein or anything. Uh, you know, 90% of my protein comes from food and then I get a little boost from a protein powder. Plus it tastes good and makes my smoothie even sweeter. So I just use it in there. Uh, and then what else? Supplement wise, you know, I've experimented with different things. Uh, like, you know, creatine, for example, is one of them for athletes. It can be beneficial. Um, so I take creatine maybe half of the year or something. Uh, and then yeah, that's pretty much it. A DHA supplement sometimes, I take it maybe half of the year as well, whenever I remember to. Um, when I'm not eating enough, uh, you know, flax seeds, hemp seeds, and these things that, uh, you know, you, that have ALA that needs to be converted to uh, EPA and DHA. And, uh, you know, you need to eat quite a bit of them to convert in optimal amounts. So, uh, for me, sometimes it's easy just to take a DHA uh, algae oil supplement, which is super clean, uh, and you don't need to rely on uh, fish oils uh, for that. Are you guys bored, or are you guys okay? <laughs> oh yeah, I wasn't. Sorry about that. I wasn't calling you up. 
How long did it take that you got used to it to be vegan? Sorry, can you repeat that? How long did it take that you got used to it to be a vegan? Sorry, I, I didn't understand. I'm sorry. Uh, you you decided to go vegan. Yeah. How long did it take that you got used to it? Oh, that I got used to it. Okay. Um, so how long did it take to get used to being vegan? I'd say, you know, maybe a month, two months or something. I it, like I actually went vegan overnight from one day to the next. Um, I saw a movie Earthlings, and then I had to have one last uh, Ben and Jerry's dairy ice cream, and then I went vegan. <laughs> and there was a cookie dough flavor, which was the best. And now they're coming with a vegan cookie dough flavor, which I'm so pumped about. Um, but yeah, it didn't take me long. Like in the beginning, it was stressful reading labels, going to the supermarket, checking if everything was vegan, not knowing if uh, you know may contain milk means that it's not vegan, and that kind of stuff. So that was quite challenging in the beginning because back then there were no YouTubers showing you know what I eat in a day and shopping and grocery haul and that kind of stuff so it was really challenging to know and we had to work uh, uh, like me and my wife had to really you know spend a lot of time in the grocery store and that was uh, a big pain in the butt but it only took you know a couple of months you know you adapt really fast and um, yeah it's it didn't didn't take that long at all yeah Hello? You as a supporter and vegan, do you have any knowledge about intermittent fasting? And if you do, what is your opinion about it? Intermittent fasting, great question. <clears throat> so intermittent fasting is basically, or at least the, what most people do is, uh, they follow a protocol of 16-8, uh, so they fast for 16 hours and then have an eating window of eight hours. That's the most traditional protocol for intermittent fasting that people do. And I think it really just comes down to personal preference, how you feel personally doing it. If you're not a big breakfast person and you don't like uh, eating a lot of food in the morning, uh, then it's, you know, it's fine to skip breakfast and wait until a little bit later on in the day and then just eat your meals when you feel hungry. Or the same if you're not hungry at night and you just want to eat your last meal at 2 p.m., then you can do that and not worry about it until you wake up again. So that's like a... It's, I only recommend intermittent fasting for people for who it comes naturally to, because that's the thing. Like you have to, it has to be sustainable. It has to feel like uh, you know it, it's a natural thing for you to do. If you need to think about certain things as a as a task and as a pain in the butt, it's going to be really hard to maintain. And the health benefits that the studies show aren't uh, you know so big that you can't achieve them by not intermittent fasting. So. Um, I think when it comes to fasting, it's definitely more of the longer water fast that have actual real healing benefits, but I do believe that intermittent fasting can be great for uh, many things, uh, especially uh, you know, for concentration. I, like When I experiment with myself, when I'm not eating all day long, I feel way more alert and concentrated, and I can get tasks done faster. And also, like I use it as a weight loss uh, protocol if I want to have a photo shoot real quick and lose weight fast. I personally find it uh, good to skip breakfast, start eating it at 1 p.m. more or less, and just have a couple of huge meals uh, in a shorter eating window, and then stop. And that's just uh, makes it makes it the meals more enjoyable. It doesn't feel like I'm eating less calories because the meals are big and you're eating in a short window. So that's just a little hack for, for fat loss and weight loss, but it's not a sustainable thing, right? It's just something that I'm using for a specific goal of having a photo shoot or something. Here at the front. Hi, 
out, so you said that you went vegan overnight. Um, did you have any food, diet, vegan-related thoughts before that? Vegan-related thoughts? Yeah, like... <laughs> <laughs> like anything, like, did you think about anything that you ate, or was it just like you saw that documentary and you're like, let's go? Yeah, so... My brother, Leo, um, you guys, many of you guys are probably familiar with him. He's actually sitting here. Give it up for Leo. Yeah, Leo. So yeah, he was definitely the one who started the whole thing. Uh, he's been vegan now for, I think, six years, right? Six? Six, seven years? Six, yeah. Six years. So he went vegan, uh, you know, way back. And uh, I remember the disappointment that I felt when he came back to the family house and said, guys, I'm not going to eat any animal products at all, okay? I'm, I'm just done with it. And, you know, the shock was real. Like, we grew up as heavy meat eaters. We had two barbecues every single week, eating tons of chicken hearts. I know it sounds gross. Chicken hearts and rump steaks and sausages, all kinds of stuff. And, you know, meat was something that I was so proud of and I felt... You know, we all have emotional attachments to meat, so I really felt like he was distancing himself from the family traditions and that kind of stuff, and that didn't feel good because, uh, you know, my ego was getting involved and everything. So I really criticized him and, and gave him a hard time about it um, and called him all kinds of names and, and stuff. <laughs> like skinny hippie and that kind of stuff, you know, really immature stuff. And that's how the Spaghetti Man nickname came, came about. Um, but yeah, that, so, so he... It, like he got me aware of the term vegan. He got me aware of uh, the the lifestyle. So before that, I had no idea about what a vegan was. Like I've heard the term vegetarian, but never vegan. That never crossed my mind at all. I thought that was absolutely crazy. Like I would put veganism on the same level as you know breatharianism or something. You know, it's crazy. Um, so yeah, he he wasn't pushing with his information. He just like you know showed me some health documentaries like Forks Over Knives. I watched it. And you know, I didn't care enough my health, about my health enough to you know do anything about it. Um, so yeah, like he was just you know talking about the science. He's really scientific and is interested in uh, you know health and fitness and all that kind of stuff. So he convinced me that it was healthy because of the information that he was studying, but it never resonated with me. So I always had the, at the back of my mind that you're not going to die at least from being vegan. Uh, so at least I knew that. So that when I watched. Uh, Earthlings, which connected with me personally because I saw, uh, you know, the animals' emotions, and I could relate to my own pets, and uh, you know, see that there was no difference. So, it, you know, with that in mind, that emotional connection uh, was also supported by the fact that I knew it was possible uh, to survive without meat or any animal products. So, it definitely helped a lot. So, relating back to the title of this uh, meeting, like the house kids were to go vegan, mm -hmm. just feed people. Uh, information very slowly and subconsciously. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, the thing is, like, there is no right way to do activism and to spread the message. There really isn't. Like, uh, you know, it's, it depends who you're talking to. If you're talking to people who are almost there, who are really health conscious and everything, it's going to be a different message than to people who are eating at McDonald's, uh, you know, every single day. So it's really, it really depends on who you want to focus on. So there is no right way to spread the message, but yeah, like, in, like for sure, not giving up, just persistently putting the messages out there in a subtle way, 
that you know plant seeds in people's minds is going to be super important because I was the last person that pretty much anyone would expect to go vegan at first. Like, it's yeah, it's I, I I'm still confused about how it happened. Um, but it goes to show that you know just like consistency and just information. Uh, just you know, it makes a shift over time. It may take five years, ten years, twenty years. Like it can take a long time, but it does help. And we should be persistent, uh, persistently, uh, you know, getting people the information they need to uh, become more conscious and aware of the food that are putting in their mouth. Thank you. I just want to say first, thank you for everything that you do. And this is not a question, but if you want to try the vegan cookie dough with Jerry's, it's already out here. So. It's out here? Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Losing my abs today. And what's the most ridiculous argument that you ever heard against veganism? The most ridiculous arguments against veganism. Hmm. Well, uh, there is this uh, small movement of people right now that call themselves the vampire crew or whatever, like the carnivore movement uh, of people who eat only meat and uh, nothing else, no plants at all. And uh, they come up with some real crazy, um, you know, arguments. Um, so I, I would say that the craziest argument is that, um, you know, if, if I think it, like most of them, from the carnivore crew, they, they compare lions to like eating gazelles to humans, uh, and you know obviously our physiology is very different from a lion. Like uh, these people actually believe that we are uh, getting sick from plants, and that the American population is getting sick not because they're eating you know animal products and, and processed meats and loads of processed sugars and foods, but because they're including some plants into their diets, they're getting sick. It's absolutely where do they base this on? Huh? And what do they base this on? They base it on their Merch. ignorance. That's basically it. Yeah, it, it's really strange. There's so many uh, different uh, arguments to, and some of them are great. Some of them are really, really good. I enjoy having conversations and discussions about uh, certain things. Uh, you know, when it's actually you know relevant. But when it goes into conspiracy theory and all these things, and starting to you know do 50-day fasts and uh, drink your own urine and that kind of stuff. Like it, it's a bit too much for me, so I just try to uh, you know argue with the more common sense people who try to you know ask about you know certain vitamins. You know, how are you getting enough iron? You know, like are you sure that heme iron isn't necessary for our bodies to function right? Like where are you actually getting the calcium from? You have to rely on supplements for this. Do you have to uh, you know like what do you actually have to do to be healthy on a vegan diet? And those are the discussions that are worth. Uh, having, and there's a lot of good arguments uh, or you know good uh, questions that non-vegans have uh, that they impose on vegans and a lot of times we just you know link a study and say you know look at micro McGregor's work or nutritionsfact.org and that kind of stuff but it's important for us to know the answers to them as well I think so that we can uh, educate them personally because at the end of the day uh, showing them information from someone else isn't going to be the same uh, as actually telling them in person because you know when someone runs into you in person and asks you something you you are the most important person that represents veganism there is no one uh, that you can you know outsource like you know you can't just say yeah just look at uh, you know Nimai Delgado he has huge muscles you have to know that it's possible to build muscles and have the reasons why so that the people can actually be convinced because they're not going to go home and you know look at whoever you you recommend when they get back home you have to uh, you know, 
plant seeds and educate them and just have an open, nice conversation in person. So every, every single one of us has to do that to the best of our abilities um, because we, in those situations, are the most important catalyst for people to change. Yeah. We have, we have time for two more questions. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, you're obviously a sports guy, so now I have a sports question. Okay. Uh, I like sport a lot, but I don't want to be a bodybuilder. But to gain muscle, you always see that like the first you build and then you shred. But right. for me, I have a question. I train like two times a week on strength and two times on conditions and okay. endurance. But um, how would you re recommend uh, what, what you eat to gain muscle, but also keep fast? Uh, like running fast? Yeah, like, yeah. like yeah. not gaining weight, but uh, like more gaining lean mass. Yeah, so um, the bulk and cutting thing, firstly, is it's a very unnecessary thing unless you're a professional bodybuilder, and even then it's not like really a necessary thing because, you know, steroids are doing everything for the big professional bodybuilders anyway, so <laughs> it's not really a necessary thing to go, you know, on you know big bulks and cuts and that kind of stuff. Um, so I'd say to... Uh, you know, gain muscle mass, uh, you know, very, very slowly is the best way to go while keeping your body fat percentage pretty low and a healthier level instead of just like eating a lot of junk food and uh, yes, you're gaining some muscle, but then you're forced into a calorie deficit to remove everything again. It's, it's not good for, you know, your psychology basically because it's a really big pain in the ass to uh, restrict yourself from different foods and, cal and, and calorie restrict. It's not a good feeling. So the best thing would be to eat slightly above your maintenance and you don't have to track calories. You can kind of feel if you're overeating, you feel lethargic and that kind of stuff and kind of slow uh, and you know you're eating a lot, then you know that you're eating a bit too much. And if you feel really hungry, then you're eating too little. So it's pretty simple and, and there is a way to intuitively eat that everyone of us should strive for. But it is helpful in the beginning just to get an idea of how much you're eating on a daily basis to just uh, plug it into an app and see where you're at. So I would say to your point, to gain muscle uh, and to keep uh, you know, your endurance levels high, I would definitely do a lot of high intensity uh, work for you know, sprints and that kind of stuff. Uh, and that's not gonna affect the, the rate of uh, muscle building at all, unless you're doing you know, very long runs, it's not gonna be a problem. Um, so it's just about you know, doing, putting your, all your efforts uh, on, on those two days that you're actually lifting, do full body workouts because you're only trained twice, so you want to hit your muscle groups at least twice a week. So it's going to be a little bit of a longer session, maybe an hour and a half or something. Uh, but it's, it's, it's definitely worth it because uh, it's going to be way better than, uh, you know, just, just hitting it, uh, like, you know, upper body one day and lower body the next day. Uh, it's going to give you much more of an effect. Um, so yeah, just keep hitting the gym hard those two days that you have, and then do all the sprinting you want. And as long as you eat enough calories, but not too much, then you're gonna progressively build muscle and not gain too much fat. Yes. Time for a final question. Final question, okay. <laughs> Better be a good one. Last <laughs> <laughs> question. Um, hi, I was wondering what you do to optimize your muscle recovery. What I do to optimize my muscle recovery, okay. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, for recovery, it's really simple. All you gotta do is uh, sleep and eat. That's, that's basically it. It's, it's really simple, it's really basic. Um, but you do need uh, you know, protein, you do need protein, uh, you need carbs, you need glycogen. So you know, as long as you're eating food, you're gonna get those things, right? So if you're eating food, you're good. If you're sleeping, you're good. Um, but obviously there are some lifestyle uh, things like stress 
and uh, you know, like anxiety and that kind of stuff that you need to minimize because uh, it's really <clears throat> something that is really counterproductive, right? Because if you're constantly in a state of uh, you know stress and you have elevated cortisol hormone levels and that kind of stuff, it's going to be way harder to recover. And you're gonna notice this really quick. So if you're feeling sore for days on end, then you know there is something that you have to optimize in your life. Um, like if you're new to training, then yeah, it's fine. You're gonna be sore for a long time. But if, you, if you've been lifting for a couple of years and uh, or doing endurance training, running, jogging, and you feel really sore and beat down for many days in a row, there is definitely something to look into. And usually it's either stress, sleep, or nutrition. So uh, just make sure to get those antioxidants in and you know, those of, uh, you know, berries and fruits and vegetables, dark leafy greens, and then, you know, focus on the rest coming from, you know, legumes, grains, nuts, seeds, and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Hope that answers the question. <laughs> Thank you very much.